and welcome to our second Christmas special at Let's Talk Records. We have the wonderful Ashley Sousa as our guest. Again, of course, happy to be here. Of course, there's nobody. Yeah, there's literally nobody else that we would have as a guest for Christmas. It's not (laughs) even Mariah Carey. Sorry, Mariah Carey. I mean, if you could get her too, I would be really offended if you got her on here and I wasn't also a part of that, but uh, Uh, rather have you. Can you imagine Mariah Carey no. as being a part of this? First off, it's 545 right now. We'd be waiting until like 12.03 a.m. Yeah. For her to just, I don't know, do whatever. Okay, this this is not about my this is not about Mariah. We do don't not defend need to have her. Mariah. I'm gonna defend her and I always will. So you're right though. I do love her. She's iconic, but I think you're right. Yeah. We would be waiting a long time. It, the wait would be worth it. I think Jen disagrees. Okay, well, next year when <laughs> we get Mariah Carey, I'm going to, I'm going to like Ashley guest host for me. <laughs> Jen will just sit it out. She's going to sit this one out. I'll pass. But more important than Mariah Carey, today we yes. are talking about Casey Musgraves and her Christmas special on Amazon. Um, it's amazing. And we have so many things to say about it. Um, she's incredible. If you don't know her, she's like a country pop mainstream singer, I think is how I would like. Yeah, definitely started her. this country turned to pop pretty recently. So she kind of pulled a little bit of a Taylor Swift, mm. um, but was like a really beloved young pop, uh, country star for quite a while. So this mm-hmm this bridge to a new genre is uh, very recent. Um, and we kind of see her go through that in this Christmas special as well, which is really interesting. Yeah. And if you hate country, just give her a shot anyway, because I think it's worth it. It's not like what your initial thought would be. I think when you think of country, um, She's great. And I think like she got huge with Golden Hour, which was an album that was released in 2018. I believe, I believe you're right. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful so, masterpiece of an album that so will good. change your mind. I mean, as someone who does not like country, exactly. I can vouch for Casey Musgraves. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely worth it. She's, she's really cool. Uh, Jen, she's I know good- you, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say she's like a new wave Dolly Parton, if I would be as bold as to say that, but I feel comfortable saying that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely, I like her aesthetic too. She's definitely got that like, and we'll talk about this, but she has that like 50s, 60s vibe going on, sometimes even 70s. Very Um, glam. Very, very glam. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not like over the top or annoying because- when you said Dolly Parton, I am immediately thought like she just goes to like almost a little bit. She teeters on an extreme a little bit for me. Yeah. So I wouldn't take it like that far, but I definitely can see the comparison. Well, maybe Casey's more of a modern version, right? Like mm-hmm. the hair isn't so ridiculous and so, and I mean, in the fifties country, it was so different than doing country in 2018, 2019, all the way to 2021. So Casey does it in a way that is very like 2021 friendly. Mm -hmm. Um, But I get that same, just like country glamour vibes with Casey. You get a little bit of that vintage throwback too. And Dolly Parton was kind of just starting out and was very big and not that she's not big now because move over Mariah Carey, like Dolly Parton's really the most important person, but (laughs) Casey Musgraves I see as a younger version of that. Yeah, I do. This is a total segue. I do actually have so much respect for Dolly Parton. I watched oh, her documentary. Huge. Did you watch the documentary about her? Yes. I Very was like, no idea. Had no clue. I was just like, oh yeah, that's that country singer that was in nine to five. Like that's literally all I knew. And Saves the world. She like gives books to kids. It's absolutely incredible. She, yeah. Amazing. And I've heard such a nice woman, like just mm-hmm. pure hearted. Yeah. She seems super genuine. And I love like, how much she did for women and like Mm -hmm. just it's just she's very cool um but anyway Jen you did a lot of research uh a little but let me back up you did some research about the special and kind of how it came about so I would love for you to share that yeah so I was really curious like 
where this came from um, because I think you guys will both agree with me. Like there was so much effort put into this. It's really different than a lot of things that have been happening in the last few years, especially like in terms of Christmas specials, um, you know, people that have been doing Christmas specials in the last couple of years have been like Michael Buble, um, Mariah Carey has one, Dolly Parton did one recently. And theirs were more like they go on ABC and then they'll do like a night of Christmas songs. And usually, you know, guest singers and guest famous people are part of it. Um, but it's just like a decorated stage and it's very much like more of a live concert where this Casey show really turned into like a, a comedy musical, a huge amount of production. There's so many sets. Um, there's quite a bit of dialogue. It, it's, it's just, I don't know. I thought it was a lot more thoughtful than what we've seen, which was really cool. It was almost like watching a movie, like a musical mm -hmm. movie. Um, so it turns out that when she was on that tour for Golden Hour, which I mean, she was like, at that point, one of the top people in pop and country music when this was happening. So, um, you know, they're touring Golden Hour and then her and her longtime band leader, um, this guy named Kyle Ryan, decided that they should like do this Christmas special and they really kind of put down the first plans for it. Um, brought it back to Amazon. Amazon gave them creative license to do whatever they wanted. Um, and at that point, they just started pulling in, um, you know, people, literally people she wanted to work with friends, friends of friends. She said she wanted to get like people from all walks of life. So you see Kendall Jenner in here, you see Fred Armisen in here, you see Lana Del Rey, Troy Sivan, like both a lot of people that were famous and it is of its time, but you have a lot of people in different like entertainment industries. Um, so not necessarily all just performers, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, she just started reaching out to everyone and that included um, a lot of people on her creative team, which was cool too. Like her longtime stylist, Erica Cloud was the one who did all of the outfits. Um, and then, you know, she pulled her glam team in, but it, this was all very much her own team that did this, um, which I think is really cool to kind of give them that outlet because they can do all these things for tour, right? And build beautiful, beautiful sets and scenes and costumes. But the hard part is with tour is hardly do these shows get filmed and reproduced in the same way that this is accessible to like anyone that can get their hands on to an Amazon Prime login, which, you know, we all know someone at this point. So it's cool that it, it lives out there forever. Their work is like able to be showcased on a platform like this. And she's stuck with the people that she knew instead of, um, you know, starting from scratch with a whole new team or Amazon supplying them, like, this is who you're going to work with. Um, so we're really seeing like her creative team come to the front and make this dream and vision come to life. Um, so I mean, I just thought that was like so cool way to really take everyone to the top with you. Yeah, I love that. That's a really great aspect. And I'm glad that you figured that out or did research and, and you're bringing that to the table because I didn't know that. And that gives me, I think it just gives me a lot more respect and it makes a lot more sense to like, it, it's very genuine and it's not, um, like forced entertainment. So yeah. it's, it's cool, um, to know that a lot of it, a lot of, she had her hand in, in all of it and there was no external force. So that's amazing. Yeah. And I think you're right. I mean, like even some people can get offers and run with it and it can end up being something really fun, mm -hmm. but it is so much more special that this is literally something her and her band leader like dreamed up and then just made happen. So, you know, they really wanted to do it. And it is, it's neat rather than just like Amazon building this concept and sticking in the pop star of the moment, or, mm -hmm. you know, she got it because someone else said no, and it wasn't even intended for her, which is so much of what happens in the pop industry with songs and, and tour offers and residencies and different things. It's cool to know this is her idea and her project. Mm -hmm. And I love that she featured. So you named a few of them, like so many artists that 
and it just made it like not all about her, you know, and not that I would expect that, but if there was an external force, like you said, pop star of the moment, like it would have been probably just her. Um, and it, this just made it like so much more interesting for her to be able to like share the stage with really important people. And the diversity of that is really important. So it was cool. And yeah. on that note, she brings in people from her 2016 original Christmas record where this kind of seems like it came from. And we get people in the show that like maybe wouldn't have been in it if not people mm-hmm. like Leon Bridges. Mm-hmm. He was big, but he was not as big as like Troy Sivan. Mm-hmm. Even Camilla Cabello is a little bit on the line at that point. I feel like she's more famous now than she was when she did this show in 2019. So it's cool to see her there. But you do get people of the moment. Like Dan Levy narrates it. So, yeah. you know, I feel like, do you want to speak on this a little bit, Ashley? Is, I feel like you're such a big Shit's Creek fan. How do, how do you feel about that? I, I absolutely loved it. I thought, and I, I think it makes sense kind of the way you were talking about as far as, you know, her just kind of bringing in the people that she wanted for this and how that really made it. Because I feel like the way that Dan you know, his, the, his comedy is very, very specific. And I think it works really well. I think it's kind of fun. It almost makes me think of people like you sometimes with Christmas, Jen, I know you tend to be very cheery, thanks to me, but you also are a little bit more cynical. Like I'm very much like wide-eyed child enjoying the magic of the holidays. And you're a little bit more like, mm, well, you're being a little ridiculous. And I kind of like that he brings that edge to it until Casey actually walks in and says, hey, Dan, you're being a little negative here. This is a happy, fun thing. You need to, you need to cheer it up. And then he's just over the top true. We all know he's just, you know, we, we know he's kind of making fun of the whole thing, but I, I really like how it adds that because it doesn't have, I feel like a lot of Christmas specials do ignore, I guess, a lot of the people who aren't necessarily, you know, the way that I am about Christmas. And I, I think I really liked what that added to it. Um, and some of the song choices, which I'm sure we'll get into later, do that as well, which I thought was really interesting. It's not just like, yay, happy holidays, everything's happy, Merry Christmas, joy, presents, whatever. Like they do touch on some of these other themes that do come up for a lot of people around the holidays. And I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. I did not even think about that part of it. That just like, oh my fucking God, what are you doing? Part of it. Cause like, yeah, no, I, it's. <laughs> As someone who deals with you, um, <laughs> 25 days of Christmas, it's fun, but it, it's so funny because it's like, there is a, there is a joy to being like a little bit of a cynical elf about it. Um, so yeah, no, that is, it, it is funny to think of that as his flavor. And, you know, we have two comedians and I mean, even Zoe Deschanel, but I'm more thinking of like, Fred Armisen versus Dan Levy, it's really interesting that, you know, that could have been switched in a second, right? Because Mm -hmm. Fred Armisen was still very much um, relevant. Maybe Dan Levy was more of like the quickly rising star at that time, just because of Schitt's Creek. Um, But Fred Armisen could have done it and it could have been very Portlandia-like. We would have gotten kind of maybe a same cynical thing or something like really different because he has so much range. Um, But yeah, I mean, with Dan Levy, it, it does set the tone. Yeah. I, that's a really good thing to notice about it because it, it, it isn't just like Casey's corny Christmas. It's like Dan Levy rolling his <laughs> eyes in the corner. Yeah, exactly. It's such a good dynamic. <laughs> Love that. What I found mm-hmm. a lot of how people were like putting this out into the press when it was first put oh, out, yeah. mm-hmm. people were calling it like corny and campy and like, is this, too like stupid and kitsch but I feel like the whole retro thing you see a little bit behind the scenes it is campy isn't every Christmas thing campy yeah if it's not it's it it's weird you got to poke fun at it and it, it Christmas is over the top I mean like in the commercial aspect of Christmas we're like flying reindeers a giant man with a white beard and a red suit, elves, <laughs> candy, everyone's singing. There's the Grinch. Like everything's just ridiculous. So Christmas in itself is ridiculous, but that's the fun of it. Um, so I, I guess to all those press outlets that thought it was too campy or too whatever, like, what did you want? <laughs> <laughs> 
I definitely agree with that because and I think that's probably one of the reasons that I've always been drawn to Christmas because like it is over the top. So am I. I love that kind of thing. I love like an abundance of colors and lights and fun outfits and just like joy and singing and ridiculousness in that way that is so intensely Christmas. And I think that like you were saying, what else, what do you want? If you're watching a Christmas special, I feel like your only options are to lean into that, you know, kind of over the top ridiculousness and enjoy it in that way, or to do like sad girl Christmas. And I'm not saying there's not a place for sad girl Christmas because there definitely is. And again, I think Casey does a really interesting job of exploring that with Christmas makes me cry and the way that whole sequence plays out in this. But I feel like like you said, like, what do they want? Like, it's a Christmas special. You can't, it's, it's, it's not bad. It's fun. It's good. Like, I think it's, I don't know. I like if she had dressed in beautiful gowns and sung green sleeves and, you know, all of those other like more somber, serious Christmas songs and just stood on a stage with beautiful things behind her. Like there's a time and a place, but like, that's not a 45 minute Christmas special. Also, yes. country where Casey comes from is campy, is hokey, is all of those things. Like, and those, that's what makes it what it is, what makes it fun, what makes it great. And I mean, it definitely is like a live musical now where you would see, you know, a live performance of Newsies or a live performance of anything on ABC, whatever. It's just like that. It's the same thing. It's literally like a musical and it's performed like a musical. It's going to feel campy or hokey or whatever, but that's like, what else? Yeah. Like you said, what do you, what did you expect? It wouldn't be a Christmas special if it didn't feel a little ridiculous. No, every storyline about Christmas is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. No one's (laughs) just like making their Christmas turkey somberly while their kids sit quietly and their perfect husband like gets home from work on Christmas Eve and then everyone sits down and like lights a candle and then like that's it like no every every storyline about Christmas is ridiculous Mm -hmm. and that's the magic of it Mm -hmm. no in conclusion Christmas is campy that's why I love it (laughs) that's the meaning of Christmas camp camp Mm -hmm. but I think it was very well done yes I love it. I I love it too. Should we go through? I feel like we should go through like every performance. Yeah. Do we want to kick it off by talking about our favorites, like in the way that we talk about gems anyway? Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. What was yours? (laughs) It was the Zoe, it was the Zoe Deschanel performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. First of all, she sings my second favorite Christmas song, which is the Christmas waltz so her her band she and him they have i think i actually have like two christmas albums um but um yeah that version by her is like my second favorite christmas song and i was like when she popped out of that like (laughs) that magical (laughs) magic moment where i was like who's gonna come out and she just like pops out and she's just got her like raspy voice and it's just it's so good I love her she's the best some people fucking hate her um but I think she's amazing and they harmonized really well together so I was happy I about also it I love her she's a good camp person to bring on definitely mm-hmm. absolutely and I love her too the song that they sing so they say they sing mm, I could never say this Maka. that one thank you <laughs> Um, which is just like the cutest Christmas song. It's so it cute. It's so sweet. And it's just great. And the way they both do it, especially Zoe Deschanel, and this is where her brand of camp really works. Mm-hmm. They sing it like 50s flight attendants. Did That's anyone else so pick true. up on that? Yeah. The movements, especially like just the, the choreo- choreography, it, subtle as it is, it's it's like 50s flight attendants. That's so true. And I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The way they pick things up and look at them and like their expressions. Yeah. You're totally right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel like Zoe Deschanel <laughs> was the perfect person for that just because she feels so magical in so many of the roles that she's done. And yeah, the true. fact that she just appears from this magic bag and then is magically pulling out all of these presents. Like, I think that it works for her as a person in a way that it might not have worked for a lot of other people. She just mm-hmm. has that like 
joyful magic about her in a lot of the roles she plays and just kind of from what I've seen her as a person. So I think that was, it was a really good fit for that. I loved how that played out. Mm-hmm. It was just perfect. I also didn't realize that she was the only like magical part of that. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was like just human. Mm-hmm. And she shows, she, she shows pops up. out of a bag and yeah. is like manifesting presence. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else, everyone else appears in a more like normal kind of way. Through a door. Yeah. <laughs> through, through a door. They, they walk like a regular human, but not Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh yeah. That was almost mine. That was a good one. Mm. What was yours, Jen? <laughs> if you, if you ask, um, mine was present without a bow with Leon Bridges. Mm. I really liked everything about it. I love his voice. I liked them together. Not often do I like an original Christmas song. And I actually enjoy this song as a song. Like Mm. it's done so well that I don't even look at it just as a Christmas song. Um, But I, well, I guess his got a little magical too, because what I really liked about their visual performance is they start to turn the room they're in, but they're able to do whatever they want. So at one point they're on the ceiling, they're on like the sides of the walls. It's kind of this like anti-gravity um, situation and you just get these like really cool illusions with it. Um, and it's just happening in this one kind of small blue alcove, like not even really a room. Um, but it, it's like just so visually pleasing and the song is just gorgeous. I really love that song. Mm-hmm. I think they go so well together and he was a guest on her original Christmas album. So I thought it was cool that she kind of brought him over to do this and she could have just filled him in with someone else mm-hmm. and she didn't. And that was neat. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. aste- aesthetically too, like the way how his voice is, it's very vintage. And so I think yes. it makes sense for her to have had him in for multiple reasons, but that being one of them. And I really, I do, I loved that segment too. I I think like what was cool about it is that they almost, they weren't really interacting with each other. It was like they were singing amongst themselves, but in the room and like, you know, walking on the ceiling and on the walls. But it was just interesting the way that they like were playing off of each other. They weren't really like, it was like they were in their own little worlds, like singing their parts. Exactly what the song is about too, Mm -hmm. which was like cool. Yeah, the way that I actually kind of interpreted this scene, so I was obviously kind of taking notes as I was watching it this time. And the first thing I noted with all of the different songs was the outfits, because I think Mm. the different costume changes and the outfits that they have for all of them are really, really interesting. And I first kind of interpreted these outfits as almost like elevated pajamas. Like, you Mm -hmm, know, at one mm -hmm. point, they're like, Casey's barefooted. She's like, Mm -hmm. she's wearing like the cute little dress. that almost looks like a nightgown. He's wearing like essentially a onesie, Mm -hmm. but it's a little bit more elevated. And what I thought was interesting was they both started and ended this performance on the chairs. So to me, Mm -hmm. I almost took this as like a dream sequence where they had fallen asleep on the the stairs and then their dream is them singing while they're dancing around like moving around this room up on the ceiling and the walls and then they end back on the stair and if you look at the kind of positions that they're in I've honestly I would love to know if that's what they were really going for because it looks like you know you fall asleep by the fire it's very Christmas Eve it's very you know you're dancing in you know it's not they're not sugar plums but like visions are dancing in their head and I think it almost plays into what you were both saying about how they're kind of in their own little worlds like they're in their own dreams but they're doing this song together. And so that's kind of the way that I saw this whole performance. And I loved that aspect of it. And I love thinking about it in that way. That's great. That changes a lot of, I mean, like in a good way and not like a lot, a lot, but one of the things I noticed in that was like, God, she's got bare feet and Mm -hmm. it didn't bother me, but it kept sticking out. Particularly the choreography that she was doing was drawing a lot of attention to her feet. She was kind of like dipping her, her leg down at a certain point and you're watching her like one foot go back and forth. And I was like, okay, well, you know, we know she's in her own house and he has shoes on. And that's what I kept just being like, ah, this feels unbalanced to me, but it was like, okay, she's in her own house. Like that's fine. And then the, the simple blue dress, it was pretty, but it was simple. And yeah. his getup was a lot like a seventies Motown jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of like, okay. Um, but that is a really, I feel like you gotta be right mm-hmm. about the pajamas at least because 
that was probably aside from the outfit she wears with Fred Armiston, which serves its own purpose, mm-hmm. was the most simple outfit. And the barefoot, she's not even barefoot when she's with Fred Armiston and she's wearing yeah. a much more low key outfit, but she's barefoot and you you have this attention to her bare feet. Huh. I love that. Mm. Yeah, that's just, I, it's, I, I think that the fact that it looked like pajamas is really what made me kind of think that because then again, like you were saying, while there is a lot of like hilarious, you know, shenanigans that they all get into other than the Zoe Deschanel sequence, there really isn't any part of it that is otherwise magical. You know, everything else is like, it, it could conceivably happen. There's like a regular explanation, even the windows blowing open with the snow in the first couple of scenes, you know, it's, it's well-timed and fun, but I think that the fact that those are kind of the two things that any magical kind of things happen, it made me feel like this was a dream sequence in a very mm. interesting way. So I liked that a lot. That is well, and his voice is so dreamy. So Ugh. it makes sense. Yeah. So good. It's wonderful. Wow. That is that was... a great addition to that. Thank you. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> We've taught her to analyze over the last year. Yeah. Right. I <laughs> <laughs> truly have. <laughs> So oh what God. was your fave? My favorite is Ribbons and Bows, which is the final sequence in this number. Um, mm-hmm. It's my favorite for a lot of reasons. One, it's just, I think, my favorite song on her Christmas album. I did listen to the Christmas album before the special itself came out because it's a Christmas album. So, of course, I did. And that was actually the only one for me that really stuck. I didn't dislike any of it. I did enjoy all of it. But Ribbons and Bows, I think it was like you were saying, Jen, with the last song, it is like kind of... I feel like it's hard to come up with a new Christmas song in, you know, the times that we're in. I feel like you can write a lot of it and not everything sticks. But for some reason, Ribbons and Bows has always stuck for me, even though it's not even a particularly Christmassly song. Um, But I just I've always really enjoyed it. And I think one of the things that I loved about watching it in this performance is it's the only one that takes place throughout the entire house. All Mm -hmm. of the other songs, you're in one or the other rooms, you know, you have like kind of the one person, the one thing going on, and it's its own little scene. And I love how this she dances through the entire house and it incorporates everything. I love that like the Radio City Rockettes are there just Mm -hmm. like doing their kicking thing for fun. Like there's just so much fun and joy that I feel like is brought into this and it it feels like such a good conclusion in that it feels like you know you're finally at Christmas day everyone is together everyone is celebrating and you're you know you're you're kind of really finally feeling and living that thing that you've been building all of this time up to for such a long time and I just I love that mm-hmm. yeah that's finale. a really good finale like when you think of, of a finale she did a really great job bringing all of that together and I think like the thing again, that like stood out to me a lot was that she didn't try to steal the show at all. Like the fact that she had moments of that finale when nothing was focused on her at all. And other than her outfit, she really wasn't, she wasn't dancing crazily. Like she wasn't doing anything that was really like just distracting. And I thought that that was cool. Cause I think it like, it was like a thank you to the people that were part of the production. Oh, wow. That's a good way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that last outfit, my notes are so funny for this. I said, okay, that last outfit in all caps, (laughs) I said, Mm -hmm. Jesus, I said, Jesus. And I said, Nana dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Nana was very heavily featured during this part. Even Nana got a spotlight. (laughs) (laughs) But But that outfit, she's wearing this beautiful gold fringe, like jumpsuit, um, AKA very much like tree on top of the star vibes, which is apparently, I didn't catch this, but this is how this whole special starts. She can't find the tree on top or the star on top of the tree. Is I'm she so, now I was star? dying. You were like the tree on top of the star. Oh, and man, like, it's already go. been a long <laughs> Christmas season. Y'all <laughs> this, she can't find the tree. She can find the star. Did she end up being the, the star, star on the top of the tree? But they did find the star, though. Oh, okay. I missed that, too. Yeah. Oh, they yeah did. Nana brought it. Yeah. Nana brought the star. <laughs> oh, she did. You're right. I was... Yeah, I was already focused. But on if we're Nana. if we're interpreting like that. it that way, yeah, she kind of is, and everyone else, because I mean, everyone is. One of the notes that I had is how it just feels like it's an explosion of colors and costumes. I feel like, especially when everyone's together in that last room in the very end, you see like the first bits of like really costuminess, and it does kind of remind me of like ornaments on the tree, because you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times you'll have like just your pretty colorful baubles, and then you have like the ridiculous 
you know, kind of more cartoony charactery ornaments as well. So it, if you think about it that way, she kind of is the star and everyone else is the rest of the decorations on that tree. It's a good visual concept. Yeah, it is. Thank God for you. <laughs> I feel like I'm so analytical now that it's like, yeah. it's hard for me to see sometimes see it like that. So, but you pick up things like that. Yeah. That people aren't. And it's like, how cool is that? That was probably a very intentional thing. And I think you're probably right. Ashley. Mm-hmm. that's probably how they wanted to end it. And that's why things look the way they did. Um, and it's like cool to pick up that train of thought and kind of watch the process that way. Mm-hmm. So we can, we can analyze camp Christmas without ripping it apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's great that we ended with you, Ashley, because I think that is a perfect way to segue to the, to the very first scene, which yeah. is, are you like, how, how, first of all, are you fans of James Corden or not? Oof. Well, I want to say that this, I just want to remind everyone this was put out in 2019 when a lot of people were. And now, whether it's true or not, the things that we've heard, and I don't want to say no, because we don't know, the things we allegedly know about, like, what kind of person he is now, which is just, everyone just says he's just not a great person to work with. We'll leave it there. Um, Those things hadn't come out yet. So Mm -hmm. he was still very famous for carpool karaoke and a lot of, like, really fun good hearted late night TV. So it makes perfect sense to cast him at this point. Did that age? Well, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I still do think it was a cute bit. And I, I think one of the things I love the most is like Casey's very subtle way of acting. Cause I don't think that, yeah. and this is not, this is not a, a job at her at all. It's just, it's not what she does. So it's just, but it's funny. Cause I think she still does it in a way that like, is very much true to herself that she's yes. not trying to act. She's just like, Oh, there's fake snow coming in here. And I got some in my mouth and it's all over me. <laughs> so it's, I liked it. It was good. I was just going to say, going kind of back to the visuals of it, one of the things I liked about the fact that it took place in this room is kind of the whole color scheme of this room is like the bronzy, orangey, like it's very warm colors. And so I thought it was really fun to have Let It Snow of all songs be in this because, you know, you're toasty warm inside. You have a lot of warmth in this scene and it made it all the more stark when the windows kept blowing open and the snow was everywhere because that whiteness just really stuck out against it in a way that it might not have if the room was blue or if the room was like a lighter color like that. So I thought the way that that looked physically was just really fun as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good you can tell how much thought was put into those pieces. So, well, and I mean, the color huge because a lot of people just kept being like, this is very Wes Anderson esque. And everything Wes Anderson does is intentional, especially the colors. Mm-hmm. This was very much like that. So, I guarantee you, she had someone on her team thinking about exactly that, you know, how are we going to contrast these things and use color to make things look even more vibrant, um, and get our point across. And I think the, the warm room, a red room with the wild white outside coming in, Mm -hmm. you're right. It wouldn't have like played as much, as much if it was a, a green room even. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the other thing that I had a note on that I kind of enjoyed is how, you know, if you listen to Let It Snow, the lyrics, it's kind of, it's much more of a love song. I kind of liked that they turned it into a comedy. I kind of liked that they did put their own spin on it in this way, because like, obviously, I don't think uh, James and Casey have a, have a love story going on there. (laughs) They obviously were not trying to even allude to any of that in the story. So I did like how they were able to include this song that typically would be a love song without making it romance. Because I think another thing I did really enjoy about this whole special is that like, while a lot of Christmas songs are also love songs, this didn't focus on romance at all. This Mm -hmm. just focused on the love of Christmas and the love of the season. And I like how she didn't, ignore all of the songs like let it snow that have such a strong lovey-dovey focus she included those she just kind of made those her own in a way that still worked with kind of the context of the story and she was still able to sing the song and it didn't feel like she was you know taking this love song and ruining it she still made it fun she still made it like a part of the holidays and I really liked that part too 
well, look, the only person we got from her personal life to come through that she was waiting on was Nana. Mm -hmm. It was not a husband, a boyfriend, a love interest, anything like that is an interesting point. It was very much about like the love of friends because even when she's like singing those more like softer, closer together feeling songs, it's still not overtly like a love song. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah. It's like her playing off of a friend, but yeah. Yeah. The comedy aspect of it was a really smart way to do that with James Corden. Mm -hmm. And you had to do something comedy with him. And if it wasn't him, it would have been some other late night host. You know, that's the part where you can start plugging in different people. Um, So I think it was really smart to include that type of figure Mm -hmm. in your array of guests. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how do we transition? Because I have nothing else to say. (laughs) Well, honestly, I I think even talking about the transitions is a little interesting because some of them have a little bit more things that flow into one another. But I think that the transitions might be the least smooth aspect to me of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's Because true. I think, I think that if you, if you like are stepping back and thinking about it as a whole piece, it does flow pretty well in my mind. Like you kind of go from one thing to the other, but especially because she has a costume change at every single part. I think that they needed to add that almost breaking the fourth. I mean, it's a fake fourth wall and we know that viewing it, but they needed to add that little break of it where you see these producers like coordinating all of these special guests because that is pretty much the only transition that it has and I think that it wouldn't work really well if you didn't see that like fake behind the scenes that's going on because that kind of allows us to move from one thing into the other mm-hmm. yeah they treat it like a show you're right like yeah. they're you know as soon as the camera or as soon as the song ends then they shift to the producers and you see on their small cameras like Casey interacting with the guest is just like a regular person. And they're like, okay, show's off. Nice to see you. Like next song, get ready. Um, and it is kind of funny because we're watching this like stunted <laughs> musical. Like it isn't as everything it seems. Um, but I, yeah, I did like those transitions. I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, oh, whoever's coming up next, where are they on stage? We need them on in the red room or whatever. I liked that. I thought that yeah. was funny. I loved like that first initial transition after the James and Casey performance where they like have everybody. It's almost like, like, this is the introduction. Okay. Like everybody get ready to like sit down and watch. And they have like the vintage TV set and like the people coming down the stairs. And it was just it was really cool the way that they did that transition. Um, yeah, I'm glad that they that they didn't, because I think another way that they could have done it that would have been less interesting if you were still treating it like a TV show are hard cuts, which is sometimes exactly what happens in a TV show. Um, but yeah. I think showing that like background noise happening added a aspect of it that like made it feel more personal, like you were along for those transitions. So definitely. And I think this actually feeds into the next song very well, um, which was have yourself a merry little Christmas. I think one of the things that it does a really good job of is playing into just kind of like the nostalgia aspect of it, because Mm -hmm. I mean, with our age, you know, we weren't watching those kinds of TVs. We weren't, you know, doing those same kinds of shows growing up or anything. But I feel like you can still have a nostalgia for a time that you didn't exist in. And that's kind of what I felt watching this next performance. Because first of all, this one is my favorite outfit of all of her outfits that it's she has. It's a great it's outfit. The red, the bow, like it's just very, and the whole setup, it's the red and green area. It's very classic Christmas. And I like how it does, even during the song, go back to you see the families watching this Christmas. Christmas performance on their TV and you see like you know the mom and dad kind of leaning in towards each other while the kids are up with their hands like this and I feel like I I really enjoy the way that it works and builds into that nostalgia because the song Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas which we did discuss last year of course it does have a very nostalgic feel to it Mm -hmm. and I think that they did a really really good job of capturing that both with the fact that again it is the very classic Christmas colors for this song and kind of shooting back to those other scenes of seeing people enjoying this and seeing people enjoying their holidays. Yes I agree I think that the vintage take on it. Cause that's exactly, I said, like, I love the old timey fifties, sixties vibe. I think it's great. I agree. Her outfit was like fantastic. Um, yeah, it just, it 
the way it plays into nostalgia, we talk about nostalgia so much. I feel like we talk about it in like every episode, um, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's the way that you get someone to connect to something right away. That's how you do that. So. Well, well we well watched played. this with my grandmother on Thanksgiving and like, she was like blown away. I think at one point she says like, oh my God, I haven't seen anyone do that since I was in high school. Um, <laughs> and it was like cool to see it through the eyes of someone who was consuming media mm-hmm. when things were being made in the fifties and sixties. Um, and she did it. And I mean, even Rolling Stone says she had herself a Judy Garland moment mm-hmm. during this. Um, and I think they're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's deserved the Judy Garland moment. So oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. And she nailed it. Mm-hmm. And just the way that song opens after, and you see the whole dollhouse on stage, yes. like, and everyone wow. like cheers. Can we, yeah, we need to talk. I feel like, did we talk really about the, we like touched on it a little bit, but the whole, it's a whole house. It's a dollhouse. Yes. And there's sections and like stairs. It reminded me a lot of the lover video by Taylor Swift, but, um, yes, no, it did with the colored same rooms. concept. Yeah. Yeah. Where every room is a theme. Um, very, very cool construction. And I think that was like the first time you were kind of seeing sets like that. Um, very, very well done as far as like compartmentalizing, like the feeling of what you wanted to get and having it all just be in one space versus like having to switch the sets out or mm-hmm. close the curtain and open the curtain. Like it was a really cool fluidity to it. Yeah. I wonder if like anyone on either creative team, like I wonder if they had any of the same creative directors because that is so close to what lover looked like. Yeah. And they both came out in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. They might, so, I mean, they might've possible. So that sequence bleeds into the Le- the Leon bridges one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He comes to the door and then after he leaves, does she go visit Fred Armisen? Next uh, is rocking around the Christmas tree. Oh, Camille. Cam- Camille. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good performance. I think like, it was necessary, although when we talk about filler, like that's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah. Yep. It was cute. It yeah. did what it needed to do. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty much the only kind of notes that I had for this one is I liked that it had backup dancers because it was yeah. everyone dancing merrily. And yeah. that's part of the song. So I really enjoyed that. <laughs> and it also did feel like the new old fashioned way. That mm-hmm. is, I think, a really yeah. apt part of this because all of the dancers were dancing in like a very, you know, classical kind of, I guess, way. I don't, I'm not a dancer, so I don't know what the official <laughs> like date and time of that kind of dancing would be. But it did feel like you're, it, it was funny to step back and be like, oh, this whole entire performance is the new old fashioned way. Mm. And I thought that was, that was kind of clever, but I agree with you. Other than that, I enjoyed it. It was fun. I, yeah. I think it was necessary, but like, it did feel like a little bit more of a filler. It wasn't like, I wasn't blown away by anything mm-hmm. other than catching kind of those two little things. Well, they didn't really have much of interaction either. And some people mm-hmm. she didn't. And that was one of them that Camilla came on, they said, hello, she finished. That was it. Yeah. I think you're right. Maybe that's what it was. Is like, it felt very stoic and like, like they didn't have a lot of rapport or like, I'm like, I'm like, are they friends in real life? Like they don't seem like they would be because like, there's no banter or even just like eye contact. They're just Mm -hmm. like singing. Well, and it does speak to something too, that we almost just skipped over it and went straight into silent night with Fred. So (laughs) I I think that, that kind of says everything there is to say, you know? Yeah. And she could have been a really random one. Cause I'm, I'm starting to see there's someone else that I, I wonder if they were really friends either. We'll get to that point. Um, But I mean, like her and Leon Bridges didn't have much of a, and they had a little bit of dialogue, but there was a very different vibe. And then we have Fred. And then we have Fred. I love this one. This was was almost my gem. This was almost (laughs) my favorite because I just think he's so funny and charming. Yes. Well, whenever she was like, we're going to sing together. I'm thinking. You're like, like, what? 
Did he, he have a music good voice? Ever? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't think he, this is going to be weird. Well, um, I think that's what everyone was thinking too, because you're like, they're going to sing and then they choose Silent Night. Like, yeah. Until, you know, things start to happen, you're like, what am I, what is about to happen? Are they just like actually going to sit there and just sing Silent Night? Because that would be hilarious. That would in be its funny. Own way, because it's yeah. just yeah. so unexpected. But. You know, and he wasn't bad for yeah. like the couple lines that they got through. Mm-hmm. It's not bad, but alas, her handyman keeps interrupting them with ridiculous home improvement projects, which <laughs> saves Fred Armisen from having to sing a whole song. So there's the bit, but it's cute. They're wearing sweatshirts and leggings and it's like very at home in the library. Very chill. Um, mm-hmm. Perfect for him. Great way to work him in. Mm-hmm. It was a very, it was a very good not over the top comedic bit and like he wasn't part I mean he was part of the comedy but he wasn't being a comedian which I think was great like it was somebody yeah. else who was adding the comedy to the situation and I, I I liked that um I thought that was like unexpected but I was dying when he started like using the saw yeah <laughs> It's worse. Was so bad. It's so bad. This is just you're just doing it slower. Like <laughs> yeah, that was that was so good. It's almost worse. It was a cute yeah. bit. And then at the end, the like light in the picture just fall and like crash. I was like, this is so funny. It's something so simple, but it was really, really well done. It was a little bit Portlandia like too. Like it was, yeah. Definitely had that flavor, um, which I think was kind of like a fun, like way to spotlight Fred Armisen mm-hmm. um, and it was really good because they didn't make Casey have to like do comedy and then like fail at it it yes. was perfect kind of bit for her to just say a few funny things and she didn't need to carry anything mm-hmm. yeah well done loved that little bit so cute um and then that leads into the lonely Christmas song yeah mm. we get into sad girl Christmas with sad girl Christmas, Christmas makes me cry mm-hmm. I thought so the notes the main two notes that I had for this that I thought was really interesting is one her outfit is definitely the least Christmassy of any of the outfits that she wears I like it it's it's like it's a good I mean she's not going to wear a bad outfit I don't think at all in her life ever because she always she looks can. fantastic but yeah it was definitely the least Christmassy outfit. And I liked, and I thought it was very interesting that she is alone in her bedroom for this one. Mm. And the fact that it was the bedroom of all places for her to be alone felt very pointed to that. And I think it felt interesting, a little bit like we were talking earlier, how it's just, it kind of gives a light to how not everyone is feeling overjoyed and happy and pleasant the entire holidays. For a lot of the people, holidays can be a very hard time, regardless of what, it is that's making it hard you know people find a lot of reasons to cry on Christmas people find a lot of reasons to not only be able to feel that overwhelming joy and happiness and the jingle bells everywhere and all of that and I I think that it was it was interesting it was an interesting mood to include this because she could have very easily left this out and just done a nice happy fun exciting you know cutesy Christmas special but it to me made it feel a little bit more real the fact that she did decide to keep this in and decide to make this be a part of the performance because it it almost shines a light to that and I I don't think like it didn't I didn't watch that and like feel like oh now this is a downer hate this number why would they put this in here it felt it felt good in such a way that it was like oh like I have had Christmases where I've been sad I've have had Christmases where I've cried and it was nice to almost it's like it makes you feel seen and I really enjoyed that she kept it in for that reason Mm-hmm. Well, a couple lines in the song really struck me that it's it's interesting to think of like it's it's hard to feel completely joyful all the time during this season, no matter who you are, because it is a marker of time. There's a line that's like, you know, we watch our parents get grayer. Yeah. And that was like, oof, woof. Yeah. Uh, but it's true, you know, it's like, because Christmas is a time marker and that's kind of where, even though everything's moving so fast, that's the point during the year where you hit those moments where suddenly everything kind of slows down and you're like, who's at my table? Who's in my life? What's happened? How is that reflecting here mm-hmm. where we're surrounding ourselves with like the most important people we want to celebrate holidays with um, and life circumstances just change. And, and that's, you know, where we, we notice things the most, I would say. Yeah. 
like who's missing from the table kind of shit. Like, so I'm glad she included it because every like that affects every single person and will forever that's just what it is to be a human with such a high emotional holiday Mm -hmm. I agree and I think a lot of the times it's the most joyful times in your life that you notice those sadnesses for whatever reason and I think again it just it feels more realistic to me to have that included in here and to have it be something that's talked about and not just ignored entirely which honestly like again I know I'm probably guilty of this but a lot of Christmas does that a lot of Christmas you show all of the happy you show all of the good you show the decorations and the presents and the the joyful things but you you know I think a lot of us are very guilty of just pushing aside any of those bad feelings and I think that's normal because you know no one wants to feel bad but I think it's still important to feel and I think it's it's really cool that she kind of let herself have that Mm mm-hmm Yeah. I mean, there's emotional diversity that people don't think about. So it's, it's important that everybody feels like they have a place in a space, um, to go through whatever feelings that you're going to experience at a time, like you said, where most people are just joyful, you know, and they're not showing all those things. So it's really, if you want to talk about color, they put her in a green room and with green, it's not a blue room. Mm. It's green, which is, I don't know. It, it came across as very like melancholy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was interesting to use green because it shows that it's still a part of Christmas, right? Like she looks so, if you didn't hear the audio, you wouldn't think it was a sad song. Mm. Like it still looks very Christmassy. Um, so maybe something about, all emotions are hidden in plain sight, even during these like aggressively happy times. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I thought that that emerald color choice was so, because it was like just this like glittering emerald. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So rich, like yeah. so rich and so deep was so interesting to pair that with. Yeah. And going back to it being like filmed in the bedroom, like there's, those like breathing moments that you need sometimes when you're like at a Christmas party or, you know, decorating or getting ready and you're just like, I need like a minute because I'm going to lose it or whatever it is, you know, to just like escape to that safe space for a minute. And like your bedroom is your, is your safe space for most people. So it's very intentional. I love that. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I also loved that it cuts to Dan Levy and he says, Casey had an emo moment emo in her bedroom. Moment in her bedroom. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was good. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, the comedic relief. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a nice way to break that and bring everyone back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but like, like, just like a lighthearted, he wasn't like, he does say something later on, like, well, I guess, uh, you know, a, a successful career isn't enough for you. <laughs> But I thought that was kind of like the perfect way to kind of break the awkwardness of, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then you have that little bit with Kendall Jenner, which I'm not a huge fan of Kendall, but I love that they did like a love actually theme with the like cue cards. Very cute. I've never seen love actually. So I really can't speak Wait, on what Jenna. How? I've heard it's not good. So I just didn't it's, it's great but i know the good. scene with andrew lincoln holding up the cards i, I know gonna, what they were referencing the problem is you don't drink and there's like the best drinking games of the world to that movie there oh. is? So that's probably why oh yeah that's what i did like all of college i'll send you oh drinks. my god um, but that would you know it's that i think it's it's definitely worth the watch honestly i think okay. i think you need to add it to your list it's like there are some things where i'm like this is terrible but there are some things where i'm like i see why people do love this movie so i love it okay yeah worth the watch so they reference that with kendall jenner and it is a funny joke and she pokes fun at herself of being a kardashian so i think it was enjoyable even if you aren't like a kendall fan or a kardashian mm-hmm. fan like even if you think they're ridiculous it was funny like it was, it was an yeah. interesting person to include mm-hmm. no i don't have really strong feelings about the Kardashians either way they just exist and are like annoying me sometimes but like <laughs> I, I did enjoy that sequence I thought that was funny and clever and I, I did like the poking fun of like we're you know we're both brunette no one will we notice look alike. We yeah, look alike. it's fine I, I thought that was really funny yeah that was funny it was a good I, bit mm-hmm. 
Did I cut someone off? No. no. What was oh. next? I just can't. That um, one went into Melikalikimaka. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we have Melikalikimaka. Zoe Deschanel saves Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and... that flows into Glittery. Yes. I, I loved this song. I did too. And I really don't know or haven't checked much up on Troy Sivan. Um, mm. And this really impressed me. I like Troy Sivan a lot. If you okay. watch, if you watch open door AD on YouTube, where like it's celebrities like inviting you to their house to like, look at their expensive shit. Yes. Um, uh, his is my favorite. His okay. is my favorite open door AD. He's so cool. He was very chill. He was very humble. He was like the most human person that I've seen in those moments where they're not like, look at my Emmy or like, you know what I mean? Like they're not like flaunting things. He's super cool. Um, and I really like his music. You should check him out. Okay. I mean, I loved their song together. I thought it was perfect. Mm-hmm. It was fun. The pink room was really cute. They're in a bedroom, but it's pink this time, pink and like silver. Um, and this was a little bit more slowed down, but it was really sweet. Yeah, this one, yeah. I what I liked about this one most is that it reminded me of my grandma Sousa, who she died when I was around like eight or nine. I was pretty young, but she was obsessed with pink. Her entire house, the roof on this house was pink. She special ordered pink toilet paper. Her entire bedroom was pink. Like she was I, I, inspiring, honestly. Like I think that's probably where I get a lot of me. Um because she just knew what she liked and she committed. And I absolutely loved that. So seeing this room, it almost remind it just reminded me of the kind of space that she would like, like she would see that room and she would like be taking notes about what she was going to do next time. You know, she needed to decorate anything. And I, I really liked that. And it, again, I think helped add a little bit just for me, which I know is a very personal thing of just the extra nostalgia bit, because it just made me, I could not think of anything but her the entire time they were in that room. And I loved it. That's amazing. That's so cute. Pink toilet paper. Wow. I don't know where she got it, but commitment. she had it. Yeah. She really knew how to commit. It was great. That's wow. awesome. Good for her. She would have been pissed during this pandemic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It like, might've been a shortage on that. That would have been rough. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe nobody would be buying. Pink no one knew about paper. it. <laughs> I, no, I, I have no idea. I'm sure she like custom ordered it out of a magazine or something uh, yeah. because this yeah. was long before the internet. So, um, but you make me feel so glittery. You light me up like a star, like starlight on a Christmas tree. That's so cute. So adorable. Yeah. It's, it's a very like, like sweet, adorable song. It's like so stupid that it's great. You know what I mean? No, it's simple. It's simple. And I think that's another like point to Christmas is sometimes like those simple emotions come through best in Christmas media. Mm-hmm. And this is what that is. That is true. Oh, so cute. I love it. It's that. just everything about it. The way this, like the, the song is very like silky glittery, like the way it's sung. It's a very like just sweet song. Mm-hmm. You can just tell that they have like more of a connection than like, I thought at least than like her with other people. But yeah, I felt the same way. There was definitely something like just like unspoken, like an energy, quite visual. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you could tell they were like comfortable. Like all I could think was there's like trust between them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think you can tell that too, especially like when there are like switch off parts in a song. Like there's cues that music musicians will give each other, and when there are no cues that you have to give each other, that's when I'm like these people like. You vibe. just have to know that other they musician. Just, they just vibe. Yeah. 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 Pink room, all vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh. <laughs> um, and then we get Lana Del Rey. Mm, this one was controversial on the press sites. Oh, tell me more. She was awkward. Oh, she's so fucking awkward. If you've watched any of her live performances. So she is. <laughs> But it was weird. I, I also kind of agreed. It was still like a nice, like I liked the song and stuff and I like her, but I couldn't tell if they were very friendly. Not that I, they were unfriendly, but I couldn't tell if they had a connection. That's funny. Cause I wrote, they definitely smoke weed together. 
<laughs> that makes sense. There we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're definitely like, I think what we were seeing, because Lana Del Rey is just always Lana Del Rey. Like, like yeah. there's just no, you're not getting anybody else ever. So I think that was what was kind of hilarious to me is that here's Casey, like who's been very out and honest about like her, you know, she's, she smokes weed. She like did some other psychedelic drugs to like write other songs and has talked very openly about that, but has this sort of like more approachable personality. Um, And then you got, you get Lana Del Rey, who's just like wearing a very, very, very short dress and like not making eye contact with the camera or Casey. Yeah. And she's, right. I think she's got a bit of a monotone yeah. kind of way about her. And that's the hard part. Because at one point she goes, Casey Musgraves, everyone. And Casey goes, Lana Del Rey. And it's just <laughs> so awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, I think that I, is just her. I agree. I kind of felt the same way about this one as I did rocking around the Christmas tree and that like, I liked it. It was yeah, fine. Like it wasn't bad by any means, but it definitely wasn't my favorite of the performances. It was just, it was there. Mm-hmm. I yeah. guess. I think also for a duet, the juxtaposition of their not only energy, but their voices was really funny. <laughs> There's such different energy happening here. It's like hilarious. totally yin yang, dark yeah. and light situation. But I do think I'll have to, I want to now do some research of my own and find out if they're friends. I do feel like they are. In that capacity, it makes more sense. They're not, it's, it's a different relationship than she has with like Troy Sivan or, yeah. you know. And then we just, we get to the end, right? Is that yeah, Nana shows up. Oh, Nana, Nana shows up. Yeah. yeah. That's and super I cute. loved that. I love, I love that it that too. Was, that was just Nana and she was just there. I thought that was great. And she was, yeah. Nana was so cool about it. She just strutted up. She's like, yeah, I'm here. And she wasn't awkward. Yeah. She was just like, I'm Nana. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> But you know what I wondered? So Casey Musgraves, like if you know her from anything, it's going to be this single she had called Slow Burn that just went around when Golden Hour came out. And there's a line in that song that says, Grandma cried when I pierced my nose. Yeah. And I just wondered if that was Grandma. Yeah. You're like, wait, is this the same is Grandma? This Nana? <laughs> <laughs> is she so, upset with you now? I know. Is she like gotten over it? But I just thought that was like funny that she's been mentioned in music before and mm. here she is again. And I, I wonder, I don't know, you know, it's like, I'm sure her whole family was like, who are they, who are you going to pick? And it's Nana. <laughs> so that's very cute. Yeah. I want to know how that conversation went. I want yeah. to have a family guest, um, Nana. Only one you, of you though. Yeah. Only yeah. one. <laughs> Nana, will you come on the show? She was probably she like, seemed comfortable. She's, yeah. She yeah. seemed so chill. She didn't seem nervous. She was dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good, good Christmas special. I'm happy yeah. with it. I am too. I think it's, I think it's my favorite Christmas special because mm-hmm. I did go around after I finished it the first time and I was like, now I'm hungry for more. And I went around and tried to find some other ones and there just hasn't been anything like this in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least. Yeah. If ever. Lady Gaga had like a holiday special. I think it oh. was like, I think it was more near Thanksgiving than it was Christmas, but, um, but that one was pretty good. It was like a while back. I think it was like 2012, 2013. It was okay. a long time ago, but that one's pretty good. But yeah, I agree. I feel like there's just not, there hasn't really been anything quite like this. And I think that's one of the things that I really enjoy about it, because I think one of the other things that we didn't touch on because it didn't really come up is that again, it's undeniable that Christmas is a religious holiday because it is, this was not a religious special. And I thought that was a really interesting thing about it, because if you look at a lot of the other Christmas specials, like obviously I'll have to bring out my girl Mariah here. A lot of the Mariah Carey Christmas songs that she does sing are pretty intensely religious. Mm -hmm. And I think that does make it a little alienating to people who aren't religious. Like I'm not a religious person. Obviously I love Christmas anyways. And the Christmas that I do is as secular as Christmas can be. But I also recognize again, Christmas isn't secular. It's Christmas. But I think with that in mind, this performance did feel, it didn't feel religious. You weren't Mm -hmm. watching this and like 
thinking about any of the religious aspects of Christmas because that's not really what was being presented to you. And I think that's one of the other things that does set this apart from a lot of the other Christmas specials that happens. A lot of Christmas specials are really overtly religious. And again, that's great if that's what you want to be doing and if that's, you know, your faith and that's what you want to be presenting. But I think that that is, for me, one of the things that makes this one a little bit special because it's just not that this feels a little bit more like the way I do Christmas. And I felt it was a little bit more approachable for me because of that. Mm. Yeah. Cause you're not going to be singing away in a manger if you don't really go to church, church, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's very alienating because there's silent night is, I feel like it's bridged over in recent years to just a Christmas song. Well, I mean, and it especially is, it is religious, it. but you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not but, like they sat and sang the whole song and then that was it. Like they did silent night as a comedic bit. So right. No hark to the Herald Angels sing. And like, I love songs like that. Like God, some of those Christian religious songs just like slap on a, <laughs> on a musical <laughs> sense yeah. and they're fun to sing and they're beautiful and big and you know, but yeah, she, she definitely kind of curated away from that. And I'm glad she did because it would have been different because it, I'm sure it gets uncomfortable when Mariah Carey gets up there and it's wailing about Jesus. And you're like, this isn't really what I'm here for. Fine for people that are, but this was a good way to keep it for everyone. Everyone's invited. Mm-hmm. Rocking around the Christmas tree is, um, is open for everyone to enjoy. Yes. Yeah. I did. I did like, and enjoy how diverse in so many ways, emotionally, um, you know, just from the people that she had on as guests, she did a great job having a lot of diversity there, which is something that is important to her. She actually, before she got like super famous and she was doing more country, she has this song called follow your arrow. And it's very much about just like, um, being who you are and like, um, not caring about like the way that people are going to judge you in the world. It's really cool. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. It's a good song. It's like what, one of my faves. I'll check it out. I got to dive into more old Casey Musgraves. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah. So that's a wrap. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Mus Christmas. Musgraves Christmas. Musgraves Christmas. Merry, nah, you know, (laughs) Merry Casemius. Whatever you, really you celebrate, tried there. like you, you really, really did. You were, you were like really going. I thought for it was onto something. Not you really, weren't, but you really thought you, you were. were and yeah. I love that. You were like, <laughs> it was like the light bulb went off, and you were like, Musgraves Christmas, <laughs> Mus flickering, Christmas. flickering. My light bulb is always just like <laughs> erratically flickering. You're like, wait, no, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> <You're> like, no, <laughs> so good. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Records. Audio engineering is by Emily McLeod and graphics are by Jen Evans. Let's Talk Records is part of the Trainwreck Entertainment Network. Thanks for listening in to this podcast. This show is part of the Trainwreck Entertainment Podcast Network. For more content, go check out trainwreck.com. You know, you might just find something else on there that you like.